Hello beautiful friend, this is Claire in the Art of Life podcast and I'm speaking again from the hillside of the Isle of Arran on the east flank of the Goatfell slopes above Cody. It's an incredible sunny day with clouds but a lot of sun and the light is particularly quartz crystal perfection the power of it shining through droplets of water everywhere on trees on the window pane it's quite a spectacle the clarity of the light and how it is reflected through water when there's so much water everywhere it's been a very stormy few weeks since I got here <coughs> and um, I feel it's kind of been stormy internally as well lots of things getting shaken about and buffeted and crashed onto it just like the beaches here with their layers and layers of stones and shale and shells and old pieces of pottery being churned and piles of seaweed being thrown up on the roads and big stones being thrown up on the roads. It's quite a, an elemental stirring up time. And similarly, there's a, a lot of stirring up of old things that happens when somebody who is in a different lifestyle comes back to the old lifestyle and it, it doesn't fit anymore. It does on the deepest level, but the surface stuff doesn't fit. The old paradigms don't join up like a jigsaw puzzle and therefore there's a lot of if not compromise, a lot of work to find the harmony. I'm finding it difficult to feel projection, negative projection and limitation and darkness and cursing and nastiness being thrown around the house, like the house is kind of coated in it, painted with it all the way through, like saturated with this negativity and as strong as my immune system is, it's really hard to keep plowing through that when it's quite a consistent cursing and cursing and cursing which occasionally gets thrown directly at me um, and I've been really interested in the the, I don't know, the natural medicine, the ritual, the symbolic action of returning to sender any evil which is being projected, radiated, any limitation which is attempting to contract or being stamped or or just the weight of it preying down on us, weighing down on us, 
really interested in how simple it is to return that to the sender, but it does need a concerted action from ourselves. It needs a, a magical word, word spoken or symbol fingered or actioned in some way, a word written or a gesture connecting with what is inside of us that needs to be expressed that is is not what is being projected onto us and I was reading some beautiful reflections on the hive.blog around <clears throat> what's going on in our skies and how magical work is going on in the atmosphere right now and how important our part is in that that whatever's being pumped into the atmosphere from the ground from the air with evil intentions with careless intentions or unconscious intentions pollutions and medicines and in inverted commas um, all the shit that's going into the atmosphere we with Gaia Sophia have an incredible power to turn that around and, and return it to the sender and to say thank you but no I do not contract with that I don't accept that into my my body I am more than that I have immunity to that and it's yours may all evil be returned to sender <coughs> and again evil being the opposite of life or living just being that which is not lifeful I've been thinking a lot about the trajectory that we're on and how our mind and heart and physical body are either aligned with life or they're aligned not with life and the different ways in which they're aligned not with life are essentially just distracting us from the path, the way which is to more life, to more learning, to more growth and health and wealth and happiness. But our, our culturing, our habits and conditioning and our belief in the norms that have been given to us are very often like pulling away at the, the magic of the threads that are hold to get, holding together the fabric of the universe and the fabric of ourselves in the universe as if we're, we're cutting the threads that interweave us in harmony with all things, with all things, with the cosmos. Our minds, body, spirit, cosmos are one, are whole are sacred bright and light living breathing happy and cheery as i said that the the sun just came out again which is beautiful and everything that isn't that is simply a willful distortion of of the nature of the universe 
and the nature of our place in the universe, I sense that there's this momentum that is getting greater and greater that is us coming back into our our beauty, our power, our vitality and our conscious action and all these accumulated small conscious actions are creating bigger actions like the cleansing of the skies, the cleansing of the earth, the regenerating of the biodiversity, the health of children who are born freely and naturally into the world. <clears throat> and because of those actions happening in waves and circles and cycles, we're individually much more free to find alignment. It's a, a natural order a natural fact that as the momentum grows the charge that's around us softens and so it's exponentially easier and easier to create magic to speak the truth, to simply be, to breathe, to find clean water, to walk a peaceful path even. But yeah, our part in it, it can be such a tangle trying to figure out our part in it, eh? like what am I meant to be doing? And it certainly has been easier for me since I focused on what I'm being ra rather than what I'm doing. And if the doingness comes from beingness, then it comes a lot easier. And sometimes doing nothing is far more creative and productive even than doing things with a busyness or a tension or an anger or a need to control what's going on around us. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly healing to be around my dad and see where some of my programming came from that was printed onto me by his unconscious programming that is now more fully visible and, and um, on the outside that maybe when, when we were young, maybe it was more more subconscious and in the shadows but now it's like in the full light um what he's been doing with his mind and how his mind is at odds with his reality and how some of the staples of his reality are are biting him coming back to him his state of near panic about very small issues that somehow seem to be pushing him over the edge consistently into extreme anger, extreme fear and frustration and very, very strong mantras of depression around the state of the world and where the world is going, which of course are 
are true of aspects of reality, but at the very same time, there's a wholly different reality that is also underlying and far greater in power and in momentum. And that is something I keep coming back to, keep coming back to again and again. Like, what am I using my creative core for? Where is my creative core aligned? Is it aligned into a trophy or is it aligned into expansion and growth? And it's not that our... You know, I've been told off at various points in my life about being too optimistic or that life can't always be about growth. And of course, nature and cycles in the physical world are... The growth is a stage and there's a time of of very rapid expansive growth and growth downwards, upwards, outwards in all directions. And then there's a period of fruiting, seeding and the seeds and the fruit going on into further expansion. And the continuity of that, the at no point, yeah, there's a separation of the seed and the fruit from the tree. But at no point is there really separation because the fruit is still the tree. It's, it's a part of the tree still. It's not a completely separate item, although it's been taken from it. It's, it's still the same tree and the seed is still the same tree. And the next tree that grows is still the same tree to some degree. There's a level of connection and repetition and connection, interwovenness, sameness that that goes through. And yet the new thing is explosively expansive again. And we are not trees, and yet we are very much vibrations that are similar to what goes on around us and the things that we're drawn to, the things that we use, things that we connect with and that we're surrounded by absolutely are metaphors of reality, are metaphors of how life works in general. And as such, you know, it's not an accident that we're born with a tree of life attached to us that nobody seems to talk about or very few people are talking about our incredible, powerful, vain tree that is growing in our placenta that of course there are dark rituals around in current medicalised birth practices but that tree is absolutely our roots it's both our roots and our branches It's our lifefulness and our vitality and our relationship with trees reflects that in our lungs, our breathing, how the blood leaves the placenta if it's given proper time and fills our body to the maximum with everything that we need to proceed within life and is then replaced by our breathing or our breathing takes place of our breathing from the lungs, I mean, takes the place of our having been breathing through the blood 
before, all of this is perfectly symbiotic, mystical and magical and reflects what our relationship with trees should be as tree shepherds and lovers of nature and lovers of plants and growth and the food that comes from our plants and, and so on. Our heritage, our harvest, our inheritance, our riches, all of these things are perfectly balanced, perfectly square and solid, perfectly multidimensional and ultra-dimensional, beyond the dimensions and contained by the, the dimensions. And as such, we get to play in all of that. <clears throat> and it, it's really hard for me to really comprehend fully what what is this thing about what are we really playing with? How is it that so many of us are really stuck in the dark aspects of the game? And I know that to be manipulated. I know that to be absolutely orchestrated, that we're all scrabbling about in the mud for pennies or crumbs blades of grass when we should be in a lush field of fruit trees and joyfully picking the harvest and I, I know that a lot of the problems of the world are the fact that we we haven't recognised that we haven't recognised our part in giving away our power to the institutions, the corporations, the things that used to be services and now are authorities and things that used to be rights but now are limitations. It's hard to accept that a great portion of people are suffering through choice and then that consequently leads to a lot of people being vulnerable to the suffering even not through choice there's the only way to really understand that I feel is to or to really comprehend it is to see on a greater level that we that we even choose our suffering. But the only way we can really comprehend that we're choosing our suffering is when we we get beyond the suffering. And that, that's a very difficult thing to accept. As we move beyond our suffering, as I move beyond my suffering, I'm watching others who are suffering more. But what? how am I observing them? How am I watching them? What am I... What is the energy that I'm holding them in? And what happens if I let go of that? Let go of even witnessing them. There's something about witnessing that needs to be done very, very lightly. And even from a distance, when the other is entangled and wants affirmation of its suffering.
And that's one of the things I'm learning right now about releasing the family heritage of suffering, releasing curses and evil, essentially. The uncreative, the distorted and the dark and the unconscious, releasing it and returning to sender. It's a really interesting process. It doesn't, things don't automatically get returned to the sender unless we go through a process of rewriting the address, cancelling the postage stamps and covering up our own address, as it were. Energetically, we we have to be doing something to turn around that trajectory of energy coming towards us with a specific limiting potential like with paperwork like with cursing um, there has to be some action or cutting of the cords because the cords are being put out by other people that's one of the things I, I found great challenge with in so-called modern spirituality or new age ideas when I lived up in and around Fintorn and some other groups of folk I've been exposed to and exposed myself to looking for clarity or a, a deeper questioning and a deeper answering process I found that it was really hard to get out of this false container of security that everything's just fine and everything's good and you're automatically immune and God will protect you and you just need to pray or have faith. Actually, um, it takes quite a bit of work to defend oneself against the world being so toxic and aggressive and presuming the right to contract and to trespass and to steal. It does take a lot of work and most people are unconsciously very ingrained in these norms and practices of theft, trespass, And projection, especially when it comes to the feminine, the creative, the free, the sovereign. When we, we look at recent mass psychosis events like the whole COVID years, there is an actual demonization of the breath, demonization and pathologizing, a false pathologizing of the breath, the human breath, the sacred and the beautiful. And how ironic that 95% of the population of the earth seem to currently have the flu and really dark forms of the flu, all the jib-jabbed and all the 
folk who are aligned with corporate pharmaceutical worlds and they're all dripping and passing round great puddles of phlegm and funny that <laughs> there might have been great opportunity to say that COVID-2 was out or COVID-5 or 6 or whatever we're on now but instead it's just it's all crumbling eh but no amount of light thinking can make us immune to the fact that that things are swimming around in our air and in each other's bodies and in our breath that do have limiting effects and that are toxic in places or certainly are affecting and I think it takes a, a really deep practice, a really long and disciplined practice to get to a point of being able to actually fully not defend ourselves. It's more that like the whole act of defence is seems to be, to me at this point, seems to be a fact of our effortful reactionary need to protect ourselves rather than recognising our own that our own protection is something that is lined up with heart and mind and I, I recognise it in myself my struggle to defend myself against my dad's cursing and also his projection onto me of, of his own behaviours essentially um, I feel it holistically in my immune system, in my energy level, in my need for privacy, in my need to be in silence and get fresh air, my need to be outside, my need to be, yeah, alone in the elements. I feel my own weakness in terms of my dislike of his behaviour which of course is my attachment to his behaviour and unravelling that attachment is literally involves <clears throat> going through a process of clearing out with flu-like symptoms because that's how deep these beliefs and imprinted behaviours go I've always wondered where does my spontaneous anger at inanimate objects come from? It's such a cultural imprint and we, we joke about it a lot. But it's in the Scottish culture, I mean, but it, it's so, it's a very real thing. Getting angry at inanimate objects as if the inanimate object is somehow sabotaging us, as if it's not us that is animating the object and giving it power over us. And <laughs> yeah, I've been watching my dad with the cat and how he's being so mean to the cat and projecting 
essentially projecting evil onto the cat as if the cat is messing with his head like she's a, a a great manipulator, a great psychological manipulator. Tricking him into like manipulating his behaviour to make him serve her or to make him mad, to make him upset that she's conspiring against him that she's thinking great schemes in her little old cat brain she's 18 years old tootling about on her wee wobbly legs and he's he's so in this ongoing reality of her undermining him and upsetting him the poor wee cat just clueless sitting there crying because her master is angry and she's worried she's not going to get fed again and my part in it of not reacting not being able to in any way get into this fabric of what's going on and and sort of clean it or clear it but at the same time I do have a relationship with my dad and I have a relationship with the cat separately and the best thing is to just avoid getting into that any of that fabric of what's going on between the two of them and just help the cat feel safe in its own home and help my dad recognize that he's stirring himself up and projecting onto things around him that are not necessarily at odds with him. They're all things that are there to help him, to give him company and comfort or to make his life easier. Makes me think of when I lived in the high rises and was wondering how how it is that we can be so stuck in poverty when and stuck in the mentality of scarcity when we were all living in houses that were warm, wind and water tight by law, <laughs> by policy of council. And essentially, partly, mostly safe with all kinds of security doors and security concierge and so on. How is it we could have these basic things in life completely satisfied? And that was the first time in my adult life I'd had a a place that was warm throughout the year and a place that was relatively safe and affordable relatively again and was wind and water tight that was that was quite a thing and I it really really helped me to comprehend that there was other things at at play that there's something that's distracting people from the fact that they're actually free and they're actually safe 
they're not behaving as if they're free or safe, so there's something else going on there. And yeah, it always comes back to this, like, yeah, there are systems messing with our heads, essentially, and there are norms that we all know underneath on some level we know that they're not healthy or good for us. But... Nevertheless, we we seem to really believe that things are, the majority of us believe that things are nevertheless, that's how they are, they will never change. This uh, another mantra of my dad's where all his creative force is going into making things not change by participating in it, but he still sees that it's as someone else's responsibility, that somebody else is doing wrong because essentially man is inherently evil but of course that's him constructing that it's him making that and making it so it's quite a thing to stand back from that and see what it is and see that it's part of where the mil- the will has been manipulated and also that it's part of like if our will is given away if it's manipulated, then it's not our own, and our it means that our power is not our own, <clears throat> and our in our core power is inherently going somewhere else, and that's always because there's been a a point of a choice where. It's easier to sit down in the ditch and avoid the growth or avoid the work or avoid the expansion or the relinquishing of the old to let go of our leaves in the autumn. The resistance to that is always for a reason, like it's always because there's a payoff of some sort. I'd rather sit down in the ditch and have somebody bring me my dinner and hang out the washing for me. My own fear of growth and visibility, just sitting down at the first hurdle and saying, no, I'm not going to jump that. I don't want to. I'd rather just sit down and be isolated. I'd rather be invisible. It's easier. Or maybe because I've tried before to to jump the hurdle and I've tried to be too visible, I've gone too far in making a a noise or a, a drama in order to be visible, which again is just getting tangled up in the chaos. It's kind of beautiful to to trust that we're all living in the not not kind of it's totally beautiful to know that we're in this time of settling into the right order of things letting it come through us letting go of the ego that wants to control things and and be lazy and be confused and just letting everything flow I don't know that there is a way of transmitting that 
I'm sensing more and more that the old has to be released and left to follow its own trajectory. But if we're if we're truly standing in in truth and in love, the energy will be radiated softly, warmly, and easily, effortlessly to whoever needs it and whoever's receptive to it. And maybe we don't we don't know, maybe we don't know who's really deserving or who really needs it or who's receptive to it. Maybe it's a, a much more alchemical complex flow of state of being. I mean, there's so much relationship in the world, isn't there? How could it possibly all work to a certain law? It does, and we do. But also there are other lower laws in action and that's that's what confuses it. Should be really obvious what is right. Should be really obvious what is ours and what fl flows easily to us and what we maybe have to raise our voice about and ask the other not to trespass on with a hand held up and a palm outwards. Yeah, we certainly live in a particular time where the word is important, the signature is important and the turning around of the dream spell is very, very important. And that doesn't sort of doesn't happen just by us stepping out of the maelstrom, stepping out of the norms. We have to consistently rewrite our own fabric of being and consistently rewrite our habits, consistently guard the gates of all our senses and consistently correct our course. And I, I'm certainly learning a great deal about just breathing about supporting my cycles and the flows of things in my body not crashing away at them with caffeine and sugar and chocolate and alcohol <laughs> as is the norm in this time of the year here but just returning to the burn Returning to the hillside, returning to the elements, reminding myself of what's clean and natural. Harvesting gorse flowers and making teas from turmeric and ginger and gorse. Picking greens and herbs from the garden and burning them. Um, allowing my blood to come and release and go back to the elements here. and remembering to breathe. <laughs> it's always really interesting getting flu-like symptoms. Like what it's reminding us to do and where it's cleaning out and 
what wants to be released that I kind of feel like the stronger the flu, the more the deeper it's going and the more it wants to clear out. But flu is a really good example as well, isn't it? Of just going round and round and round. If we're not letting it clear us out, if we're not working with it, then it might just be going round and round, filling us up and emptying us and filling us up and emptying us. But if we're if we're working with it, helping it flush out, helping it move, maybe it'll move a lot more than just the surface, just the phlegm, <laughs> just the phlegm moving about. It'll maybe help dredge up the depth and release that too. That's certainly what I'm I'm praying for and and holding space for right now. Because I know that I have deep self limitations, deeply set limitations inside, deep inside myself. And I know that for them to really shift. It does require very deep breathing. <sighs> Requires a mind that is seeking harmony rather than latching on to drama. Requires sturdy legs and arms that are able to provide and move in right direction requires groundedness and connection with the cosmos that up and down linked cosmic aliveness and it, it requires a high level of joy I feel that life really does works best on a high level of joy that has to be mastered and cultivated and harvested in ourselves. And that ultimately is what makes life work really well. When there's a high level of joy, lightness, which brings lightness with it. High level of energy. Good level of oxygen in the blood and the brain. Good movement around the body through massage, pleasure and Laughter, breathing, deep breathing, visualising. And this willingness to be open to whatever we're meant to learn next. I'm currently immersed in Manjaro operating system on a Pine 64 or Pine Book Pro laptop <laughs> and yeah it's like learning Greek again <laughs> or learning a new language where it's just a different structure than conventional corporate owned software and technology But it's completely aligned with my being free and able to express myself fully and able to 
use a computer that belongs to me and whose data is not being harvested and stolen by a corporation. Um, it's powerful, powerful stuff. To know that every new word that I learn of a new language is keeping my privacy, my freedom, my sovereignty, my self-expression free. Is letting me connect with people without all that clutter and distraction. Letting me connect with people who also want to be alive and free and healthy and wealthy and wise. So every new word, every term, and every aspect that I'm learning is moving me more into life, more into autonomy, more into the power and beauty of, of me being alive on this earth, on this soil. And that is good. It's another aspect of life that becomes flowering and expansive and easier rather than my brief foray into the F book. F-A-C-E book. <laughs> Which now I, I can't seem to upload um, photos anymore. So I think that's the end of my short stint back on the mainstream social media. I always liked the idea that it might be opening up. And I always like to just step back in and put my toes back in the waters again. But it's a funny old world when you can't even choose your own hashtags. Or the vocabulary is greatly limited. I'll always be moving into spaces which are more expansive, free and flowing. Empowering and educational and opening of the mind, heart and spirit and cosmos. So yeah, see you over there. Thank you for listening. I'm away now to blow my nose excessively and drink a big pint of natural water straight from the burn. Transmitting love and nature and art to you. And if you would like to support my work and my sharings, go and see my website, Claire Gaia Sophia. C-L-A-R-E, Gaia with an I, and Sophia with a P-H, should be links in or around this podcast. Love to you, beautiful friend, and love to your relationship with all things. Blessings, joy, fruitfulness, and this new cycle.